0: okay so hello welcome to um, another episode of braincast um, my name is alice and today i have the pleasure of speaking with professor dora duker um, an experimental psychologist at the university of sussex so hello welcome to the podcast thank you so much for joining us today oh thank you um, i am very pleased to take part in the podcast and um,
1: braincast yes and, <laughs> Um i am ready for for your questions.
0: Oh, amazing. So first one, just if you could tell us a little bit about yourself um, and why you're interested in psychopharmacology um, and maybe kind of how you got interested in this field of study, and if there was anything really specific that kind of caught your interest.
1: Right, Um, okay. First of all, I have to say that um, I grew up in a very small village in Greece. At a time that it was very difficult or not common for women to go to university yeah so um, i was uh, actually the second woman in my village to enter the medical school at that time Mm. and um, it was interesting that when i was 14 years of age and i was talking to my uh, female friends they were telling me that their mother was preparing a lot of things for the dowry yeah you know, bed linen or blankets or other things and they puzzled me uh, what, because i hadn't heard anything from my mother so i went to my mother and they said oh you are not doing anything for my dowry i heard that uh, uh, the other girls their mothers prepare things and my mother said hmm, no, your dowry is going to be your education. So (laughs) that's how it all started, I think. I was inspired then to to have education as a very, very big part of my life. Yes. (laughs) So um, then, as I said, I entered medical uh, school. And uh, when I was in the third year of my studies, where I was uh, being taught pharmacology, Mm -hmm. I really liked the subject very much and it appeared that I was also very strong at it. So the professor of pharmacology asked me to go and teach in the lab, being still in my third years of studies. So I took immediately the opportunity and I was very, very glad to do that. And it was when actually my interest in drugs and brain started. I was fascinated of how brains can not only treat us but also you know change our behavior our feelings yeah and that's where all started that's what sparked my interest in in pharmacology and in particular psychopharmacology
0: yeah oh amazing thank you so much um so your first degree as you mentioned was um, a medical degree at the university of athens um and then after this you went on to complete a research doctorate on the effect of chlorpromazine on the behavior of thyroxine treated rats. So could you tell us a little bit more about this project? Sounds absolutely fascinating. (laughs) Yes. um, It's um, first of all, this
1: project took place almost about 50 years ago. (laughs) So things uh, in related to research were very different at at the time. And I became interested to simulate the clinical condition hyperthyroidism which Mm. is a condition which leads to active uh, thyroid and in rats Uh, the symptoms of this uh, disease of this condition is anxiety irritability uh, mood swings aspects that change somehow the behavior so i was interested in studying cognition and behavior in rats which have been treated with thyroxine and so simulate the the condition and then i was of course interested to try to modify this cognition and behavior changes that uh, i had induced and used the drug which was used for this type of symptomatology yeah uh, about 50 years ago (laughs) chlorpromazine, and that was uh, the the project that i followed with uh, great uh, great um, uh, effort uh, especially since the infrastructure the research infrastructure at that time in greece was really not established and every step was so long and so difficult that it took me more time that maybe a project of that degree would have taken yes
0: yeah how long did it take you to complete that it took me exactly
1: three years three years actually and a half because i started before i I got a scholarship to do that uh, project and i started being in the uh, pharmacology lab i had started also doing some pilots and things so with the pilots it took me something like four years yeah the actual the actual study it was three years with my scholarship
0: yeah oh amazing thank you so um throughout your career you've worked and studied both in berlin munich and athens um so could you tell us um the events that made you go from to munich from athens um and then to berlin it's quite a
1: <laughs> yes
0: that's that's
1: an interesting trajectory actually yes. so
0: <laughs> and first of all i
1: decided when finding all these difficulties throughout my uh, my doctorate i decided yes. that uh, the best uh, plan would be to go abroad to mm. study now um at that time it, a lot of interesting things happened in psychopharmacology research the opiate receptors were mm. just discovered about three or four years before i was in in, in the process of taking this decision the <coughs> endogen- <coughs> excuse me the endogenous opiates were also in the, their beginning of the discovery and uh, this uh, somehow sparked me, uh, an interest in studying opiates yeah and um, i decided that um, i should try to find a lab which studies opiates or at least good behavior or relevant behaviors in animals to study myself opiates
0: yeah of
1: course before i did that i also applied in the greek state for a scholarship so that i had my own money to make things easier and i took my rucksack planning that (laughs) i wrote first letters in the different labs that i had identified took my rucksack a few drained train tickets. And I went around the labs in Europe to find out which one would be more to more appropriate for my dreams, but also that they would have liked me to work with them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I went to Cambridge, I remember, London, uh, Holland and mm-hmm. um, Germany, Munich. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> the um, in, in Britain, it was very difficult because also although i had my own money they wanted me to pay also for the research yeah Mm -hmm. and that it was a bit more difficult for me i didn't have that money
0: yeah
1: Uh, although the labs in cambridge i went to leslie iverson i remember then um, and to sandra file in in london Um, i couldn't go i kept contact with both of them but i didn't go there yeah holland and munich then was the two places that i could choose between mm-hmm. and uh, munich was my preference uh, yeah. because the director there was also albert hertz a very famous at that time person having worked or of opiates i don't know whether you have heard of his name but hertz was at that time very famous the lab was great big lab a lot of collaborations were going on so i was fully attracted and i got also the post because they wanted to have me there to work so that was my first uh, move from Athens to Munich I stayed then in Munich for three years taking having my scholarship from Greece Mm -hmm. then I applied and I got a scholarship from the German state to remain another three years but what it happened um, was that um, I got allergy in with rats and I had to move. During my stay in Munich, I also came uh, towards at that time being a big discussion about whether benzodiazepines Mm -hmm. were addictive or non-addictive. At that time it wasn't clear whether they were addictive. And uh, uh, in in my uh, idea was that they should be addictive, yeah reading the literature well it was very clear and so i developed the hypothesis that maybe uh, benzodiazepines relate to endogenous opioids in some way and that's what i followed during the time i was in munich anyway when i got the allergy for the uh, the rats and my great mentor albert heads advised me and uh, to move to human psychopharmacology, and mm-hmm. recommended me to the then uh, director of the Anesthesiology uh, Institute in Munich, after yeah. Dönnick, who was very pleased to have me and at the same time encouraged me to do my uh, specialization in anesthesiology, which I did in parallel with my research in his lab, which was on opiates and pain mm-hmm. uh, but uh, he was very happy for me to continue my research of how the opiates and benzodiazepines relate and then move to working more with benzodiazepines now from there on somehow my research path was governed by serendipity <laughs> so moving there and um, i started a collaboration with my mentor then alfred Denicke in the Mm -hmm. institute of anesthesiology with uh, the industry uh, sharing a company pharmaceutical company in berlin and i was going backwards and forwards from munich to berlin collaborating Mm -hmm. in different aspects with uh, uh, benzodiazepine that uh, they had uh, in development and then uh, they offered me a job which i took without second thinking because it was very exciting the environment there there were so many new things going on and uh, there was also at that time a line of research for um, alzheimer's dementia and working already with benzodiazepines i had developed an interest in memory
0: mm.
1: so from um, opiate Benzodiazepine addiction. Move to somehow benzodiazepines and memory. And then um, I developed in sharing a lot of research uh, and uh, got the group became head of human psychopharmacology on memory and cognitive enhancers. Yeah, and that was my move from then Munich to Berlin. And then I moved to Sussex. <laughs> Yes. Um, So, um, and that's. uh, I'm sure you will ask me about what happened about Sussex. But yes,
0: yes. Then how did you find moving to Sussex um, after all of these? Um, And yeah, tell us about your research path in Sussex.
1: Yes. Uh, Again, the the move from uh, from industry. To academia back is a very important move for me to say the truth the last years after the first five six years in industry i have been missing the academia the teaching the students you know the yeah. aspects that really bring a, an additional dimension in your uh, in your uh, ambition or interest in in pure research and um Anyway, uh, I was organizing a symposium uh, at the time, and I had invited uh, Jenny Rasted from University of Sussex, Val mm-hmm. Karen, who was uh, at that time in King's College, uh, and the uh, two American uh, people. And we uh, had a, a symposium on memory. And there, I got to know very well Jenny Rasted. We, uh, got in contact, we were uh, challenged by our ideas and we said that we will cl- collaborate. And um, we said bye bye, and that was it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and not on, maybe a month later or some weeks later, I don't remember now quite well. I went with family to the UK from, from, um, from, Berlin, and uh, there I was in the Downs and uh, I learned, I heard the larks, and I was really liking very much uh, Von Williams' piece, mm-hmm. uh, Ascending Lark. And when I heard the larks, I said, oh, How interesting, how the larks can imitate so well the music of Von Williams. Yes. <laughs> and I was fascinated. So, as I was lying there listening to them, I said, Of course, I would love to live in this country. And that was uh, my, my great um, moment with the larks in the South Downs. And it is somehow interesting that I live now uh, in Roddingdean, which appeared to be also the place where Rod Williams had been living and had gone here in the prep school yeah when he was young but anyway that's uh, just an anecdote that makes me laugh sometimes coming back then from this family trip i uh, sitting in my office the phone rings and uh, jenny rusted on the phone tells me "Dora, you know there are, are some posts why don't you apply there are some posts in sussex in experimental psychology why don't you apply I said, what? (laughs) Yes, of course I applied, thank you. Put the phone down and applied. And I was lucky to get get the post in experimental psychology. And uh, since then, I have been really very happy being uh, there. Uh, It was a very good time uh, throughout. So that's how I came to Sussex. Uh, As far as concern my research path, uh, when I came, because I was interested in memory, I started working on memory. Um, I uh, got a grant uh, straight away uh, with actually Zoltan Dinis as a collaborator to study memory, implicit and explicit aspects. And then as I developed this study, then I got attracted to alcohol. Mm -hmm. And um, at that time, the binge drinking was a a very, very uh, concerning issue in -hmm. United Kingdom. Uh, The binge drinking, as we all know, is to drink enormous amounts of alcohol in short time. And uh, get all the effects, go uh, get to drunkenness, and then maybe hangover the next day. So that attracted me to study alcohol. But of course, at that time, <clears throat> my connection was from memory to alcohol. Mm-hmm. So I started studying alcohol and memory, mm-hmm. and I I developed the interesting idea then by some data we had from memory why people may continue to drink after a very bad experience Mm -hmm. during uh, drunkenness after a binge drinking because we found that um, aspects of experience that you have before going into the drinking Mm -hmm. are better remember yeah than aspects after yeah. drinking alcohol mm-hmm. and uh, that could be an explanation because it was puzzling why young people that experience such pleasant uh, moments after mm-hmm. drinking next weekend will go to to drinking from there uh, on i started studying um, alcohol binge drinking
0: mm-hmm. and
1: uh, how the brain uh, gets damaged Uh, i looked at uh, certain behavioral changes cognitive changes that are associated with binge drinking and we found really that a lot of the prefrontal cortex function is um, uh, impaired Mm -hmm. like decision making planning uh, but a lot of other aspects which are also associated with impulsivity Mm-hmm. remain of course a question what comes first and which of these aspects may be predisposed to, yeah. to binge drinking mm-hmm. but um that's a little bit about my path which made me from memory when i first came to be interested in in the uh, alcohol addiction and uh, the brain damage we may have time to talk a little bit more about that if you are interested but for the time being i think that's uh, yes. What yes i hope uh, i answered your question <laughs>
0: <yeah>. <laughs> so do you have a particular research position that you found the most interesting out of all of them that's uh, an interesting question i must say that of course the most
1: interesting uh, position uh, is the my position in Sussex covers mm-hmm. more of the years of research, covers more of the things that I have completed to some extent and have yeah. been happy with that. Uh, so I would maybe put that as first, but mm-hmm. I, I feel very bad to omit my, my memories from Munich, the first job I had there, yeah. which was for me the start of my career. Really.
0: yeah yeah and sure.
1: in an environment that inspired me very much i will never forget the role that my then mentor albert Hertz played to direct me correctly to my ideas my hypotheses. you know my my keenness of results
0: yeah oh amazing <laughs> yeah thank you so much um so final question is um, if you have any advice for students that are currently studying psychology or neuroscience um, who are looking to pursue a, a career in research. Right. Um,
1: I I have actually uh, some uh, thoughts which derive, of course, from my own experiences. Mm-hmm. I would say uh, it's important to have a good mentor. Mm-hmm that sometimes is luck but sometimes it's also attention to who whom you choose to work with because you choose as well you're Mm -hmm. not only chosen and i would advise trust your mentor don't Mm -hmm. hesitate to to accept their leadership Mm -hmm. direction actually it's not leadership it's direction because you work together and don't hesitate also to collaborate with them later um, some of the students feel oh I want to be independent mm-hmm. when they move let's say from their PhD to to their postdoc or something else and I think don't hesitate to collaborate because that helps helps your formation further and mm-hmm. um, don't my other advice is don't be afraid to be flexible flexibility is important uh, it's it's very important to develop hypotheses have predictions mm-hmm. but don't hesitate to be sometimes also data driven yeah and change direction it's it, it's it's rich as well as a hypothesis and, and an idea and helps also for uh for doing grants you know if you have the same idea all the time things change also fashion in research change yeah so that's mm-hmm. another sort of advice that derives also from my own experience Um another aspect maybe that is worth uh give saying to the student is trust yourself not mm-hmm trust yourself and being assertive it's it's good to be assertive but yeah. don't forget to pay attention not only in your uh in your strengths but mm-hmm. also in your weaknesses because you cannot be assertive when it's close to your weakness but yes. be assertive when it's close to your strengths yeah <laughs> um and uh, I think planning too much in advance doesn't help but when a change comes in your career and you Mm -hmm. need a second step try to plan as well as possible yeah i think these are the sort of four points that i thought may be uh important yeah sharing the students as i said come from my own experience and they may or may not be the best but i had to share them with them yes.
0: oh thank you so much yeah that's the end of all the questions that i've got for you so thank you so much for being on our podcast today um it's been really great talking to you and hearing about all of your experiences in psychology so yeah thank you so much thank you